0: Welcome to The 700 Club. Israel is fighting attacks on all fronts, from Gaza in the south to Lebanon in the north, and also on the West Bank. The war has forced 300,000 Israeli citizens out of their homes.
1: As the conflict escalates, fears of a second front are growing. The threat from Hezbollah could be Israel's biggest challenge. Chris Mitchell reports from the Lebanese border.
2: Now in its third week of the war with Hamas, Israel is dealing with multiple fronts on the southern border, the northern border, and in the West Bank. In Gaza, the IDF continues to pound targets as a prelude to a likely ground invasion. In the West Bank, the IDF has arrested dozens of Hamas terrorists and hit a mosque used as a weapons depot and stopped an imminent terror attack. Dozens of communities in the north and south are being evacuated, with 300,000 Israelis living away from their homes. And on the northern border, Israel and Hezbollah are trading rockets, anti-tank rounds, and artillery. The front with Hezbollah may well represent Israel's biggest challenge. On Sunday, Iran's foreign minister warned a regional war could break out if Israel continues striking Gaza, a veiled threat that Hezbollah would join the war. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu
3: then warned Hezbollah. If Hezbollah decides to enter the war, it will make the mistake of its life. We will cripple it with a force it cannot even imagine. And the meaning for Hezbollah and for the state of Lebanon will be devastating. But we are prepared for any scenario.
2: We're in the community of Stula, just a few yards away from the Lebanese border. About 90% of this community has been evacuated since the beginning of the war. Behind me, you can see a Hezbollah observation tower. Hezbollah has set up about 50 of these all along the border. The towers are just one part of the Iranian-backed terror group's plan to attack Israel. And for days, Hezbollah has been increasing its attacks. This is the scene of one of the Hezbollah rocket attacks fired from over there just over a mile away. It landed here and killed one Israeli Arab who came here to work and
0: injured three others.
2: CBN News talked with the IDF commander of the area who says Israel is ready.
0: We uh, called all our reservists or most of our reservists and we had a set plan to defend the northern part of Israel. We were able to bring them here, uh, prepare them, them in the places that we planned ahead which i can't elaborate but our uh, prepared
2: retired lieutenant colonel sarit zahavi has studied Hezbollah's strategy for years and sees a carbon copy of hamas's plans in the north
1: hezbollah published similar offensive plan a decade ago with the same details just as it happened in the south and we understand that hezbollah is preparing to execute the same plan in the north.
2: despite massive US deployment in the region and Israeli forces on the border Zahavi believes Iran is moving forward with their plan
1: this means preparation for invasion of thousands of Hezbollah the same as what you saw in in the south except Hezbollah is bigger and the firepower of Hezbollah is 10 times more than Hamas it's about 200,000 different kind of rockets and artillery
2: the question so many people are asking is will Hezbollah join the war What do you think?
1: I believe that everything is working until now according to the Iranian plan.
2: How closely tied is Iran with Hezbollah and Hamas and all the things happening around in the region?
1: Like this. Like this. We shouldn't uh, uh, say that Iran is not involved. Lebanon is here, 12 kilometers from where we are. So we don't have a choice. We cannot accept the option of living with the monster, neither in the north nor in the south, because you must understand that once they finish with us, they will come to you.
2: Razili says Israel is the Western world's tip of the spear.
0: Israel has always been uh, the front of the Western world against Islamic ISIS kind of operations. Uh, we saw it two weeks ago. And we will
1: defend ourselves, and by that, defend the world. What can I say? Pray for
2: us. (laughs) Chris Mitchell, CBN News, Shluta, Israel.
0: Pray for us is the order of the day. Michael Oren, he's a member of the Knesset, the former Israeli ambassador to the United States. He joins us now from Tel Aviv to talk more about this. Ambassador, you wrote something that I think absolutely predicts where we are today. It's an article, I'm going back to June 7th, 2021, an article you wrote in Mosaic, where you talked about um, the Gaza problem and the history of it. Uh, walk us through that, and, and, and specifically uh, the election that put Hamas in charge of, of the Gaza Strip.
3: Oh, it's a long and, and painful history, Gordon. Um, historically, Gaza was a, a breadbasket. It was a, a fertile, flourishing part uh, of this area of the world, of the land of Israel. Uh, it once had a very flourishing Jewish community. be surprised at how many ancient ruins, including ancient synagogues, uh, we found in Gaza. Uh, during the British, during the Turkish period, it was under Turkish control. The British took the Turks out in 1917. The British were there. And when the UN partitioned, uh, the land of Israel into two states, an Arab and Jewish state in 1947. Gaza was supposed to be part of the Arab state, but the Egyptian army occupied it uh, until June 1967, when the Israelis threw the Egyptians out and Israel became the de facto uh, sovereign uh, in, in Gaza as a military occupier. And it was during that period when Israel established uh, settlements there, 21 settlements with 8,000 uh, Israeli Jews lived there, uh, but resistance, resistance from uh, Hamas, which was founded oh, about 20 years ago and uh, increasingly led to uh, many, many deaths of Israeli civilians and soldiers alike. So that in 2005, uh, Israel decided to withdraw from the Gaza Strip. And uh, I was there. It was very, very traumatic. Uh, We ripped up those 21 settlements. We destroyed them. We moved those 8,000 Jews out and we gave the Palestinians a chance to have an independent state and live peacefully with us. And what the Palestinians did was turn it into a terrorist state uh, under Hamas. Hamas threw out Uh, those Palestinians who were in favor of peace with us. They actually killed them. They threw them off the top of roofs. And since then, we've been in a war with Gaza. Um, Thousands upon thousands of rockets fired, uh, suicide bombings, uh, pretty much you name it. Uh, Hamas has been involved in the deaths of of well over now uh, 2,500 Israelis. Um, During about the year, I'm not in the government now, Gordon, I should specify, but when I was in the government, uh, I was in charge of Gaza for a period. And I will tell you that everything you know about human decency, about civilization. Uh, When it comes to Hamas and Gaza, throw it out the window. Um, This is an organization that is not only capable of the the horrors which we saw committed on our people. They've they've oppressed their own people. They use and lose hundreds of Palestinian children every year digging their tunnels. They don't care. Tunnels collapse, hundreds of kids are killed. They don't care. Uh, Israel, Uh, In spite of what you hear about the blockade, the blockade is only about arms. Um, Israel lets in food, medicine, 1,200 huge flatbed trucks a day we're prepared to bring in there. Hamas would only let 400 in because it wants to keep its population hungry and angry and dependent. Hamas blew up the fuel lines into Gaza. You want to know why there's no electricity? You want to know why there's no water? Because Hamas dug up all the water pipes and used them to make rockets. They dug the tunnels into the aquifer and drained the aquifer. That's why there's no water there. Of course, we're going to get blamed for that. Uh, Everything you know. Uh, You know, some Israeli officials have been um, condemned in the West for comparing Hamas terrorists to animals. Um, I take great exception to that. I think it's insulting to the animals. Um, Animals would never act in that way
0: did they win the election, going back to 2006? Uh, In your article, you talk about a politician who uh, was running, and and she said, when when my sons killed themselves in in attacking uh, Israelis, it was the happiest day of my life. Uh, Does this ideology just overwhelm everything, that you're willing to sacrifice even your children?
3: We well, got to keep in mind, the people of Gaza voted Hamas in. They are enthusiastic supporters of Hamas, as are the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria the West Bank. You know, the, the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, is in the 18th year of his four-year term, because he won't stand for re-election, because he knows Hamas would win. So Hamas and everything Hamas does are overwhelmingly uh, supported uh, by the Palestinians, not by everybody, but by a solid majority. and. Um, And celebrated. They celebrate when they kill our civilians. Um, They're, you know, candy, candy given out, candy's given out in the street of Gaza and fireworks go off. Um, So this is a very, as I said earlier, throw out everything you know about human decency and civilization. And yes, uh, we've had cases, you know, we we open our hospitals uh, to the sick uh, of Gaza. Believe it or not, we've actually cared for the children of some of the leaders of Hamas. And uh, we had a case several years ago where a, a young a Palestinian boy needed severe, si- significant heart surgery. The surgeons in Israel saved his life. And when they asked the mother how could she say thank you, what future did she want for her son? She says, I only hope that someday he grows out to be a martyr, i.e., that he blows himself up killing Jews. Um, this is a radically different universe. It's very difficult for us who are part of a different civilization to understand this universe. but. I know, speaking to the 700 clubs, when I say that there's evil in the world, you know what I mean. This is evil. Pure and black evil.
0: And we absolutely saw the face of evil in that horrible attack. I mean, it just is... You, you can't comprehend a human being would chop a baby's head off, but uh, that's what happened.
3: Uh, how... I, I, how I, can I, we... At can... least, I went to a funeral yesterday for an 18-year-old girl who was shot in front of her parents. father was kidnapped. The, the terrorist filmed it in detail, and then put that film up on the family, on the, the victim's family's uh, Facebook so the whole family could see it.
0: Well, how do we control the narrative? We, we had a reporter go through the Old City uh, talking to Arabs there. And so you're, you're in Israel. These are Israeli citizens. Uh, and they absolutely did not believe that the atrocities happened. how how can we possibly control control the truth and say, let's get the truth out and and get it to the very people that really need to hear it and really need to see what Hamas did?
3: Um, We just have to keep repeating it. It has to be a world that's willing to listen, because some of these horrors are beyond human imagination. And it's uh, maybe easier to see a soldier firing a gun or a plane dropping a bomb, but to see these animals i get i don't want to insult the animals uh these beasts these monsters chopping up bodies um i spoke to an aid worker uh, who was one of the first to go into those uh farms along the border of the Kibutzim, and he had said he had he had been an aid worker uh first first aid worker in um in all through all the terrorist attacks in jerusalem the bus bombings the the, the suicide bombings he said he had never seen anything like this that anything that could be done to a human body short of cannibalism was done by these monsters. And that is difficult for us as human beings who maybe believe in a basic good human goodness to believe. It's very difficult. It, 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 it challenges us. It does.
0: Well, I, the ideas occurred to me just as the <laughs> uh, US troops in Germany forced the villagers to come to the concentration camp and, and walk them through the horror of it. Uh, shouldn't that be the, 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 what we do today? force people to confront it and say, are you really supporting this? Is this really what you believe? Is this really what you want to do?
3: Well, I'd like to believe that the people of Gaza would be horrified by that. Um, I'm not convinced.
0: Okay. well, let's talk about politics now. Uh, I think Hamas was trying to derail the Abraham Accords. Is that now completely off the table? Is there any hope for? Uh, those for peace at this point in time?
3: Well, the Abraham Accords is a a treaty between Israel and four Arab countries, the United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco. And and those accords are holding, they're strained. I think what uh, Iran was about, Iran, Iran being the principal funder and trainer of Hamas and the owner of Palestine Islamic Jihad, they wanted to block the pending treaty between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, The Iranians were very much afraid of a a joint Saudi-Israeli front. They were afraid of uh, Saudi Arabia getting nuclear power, uh, and they were willing to to, to do everything possible to block it, and I think they have um, for the time being. Uh, A lot will depend on whether Israel can restore its uh, deterrence power, whether Israel can restore its prestige in the Middle East. Um, Many of these countries signed these accords because we were perceived as the one country in the Middle East that was standing up both to Sunni extremism in the form of the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, and Shiite extremism in the form of Iran, and Hezbollah. And um, right now we have to prove that again so that uh, these countries will see that even though their populations may be very critical of Israel, it's in their strategic economic uh, interest to to have peace with us. Uh, So we're gonna have to prove that.
0: Well, you just wrote an article arguing Israel should turn from attacking Hamas and, and launch a preemptive strike against Hezbollah uh in in the history of warfare getting into two fronts particularly a front that could include urban warfare is not particularly a good idea why why are you recommending that course of action
3: because uh Hamas is trapped Hamas can't go anywhere and we can continue to hit Hamas from the air sea ground uh, for as long as we want it will uh Hezbollah represents a threat that's about 15 times that of Hamas Uh, Hamas maybe has ten thousand rockets uh maybe 15. Uh, Hezbollah has 150,000 rockets. They are longer-range, they are bigger payloads, and many of them are very accurate. They can hit our strategic sites. Hezbollah has a terrorist force, which has been massacring hundreds of Sir- hundreds of thousands of Syrians for the last 10 years. Uh, they're well-trained, and they are possibly, to conceive, even more vicious than, than Hamas. And uh, and Hezbollah has infinite uh, supply lines. It has no problem with space. It's not Hamas. So that That threat is always going to be with us. That's the sort of Damocles over our heads, which no state, including the United States, would ever put up with. You remember, maybe older, I can't see you. but I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, uh, you know, President Kennedy was willing to go to global nuclear war to get Russian missiles out of Cuba. You think maybe Israel should do something to get up 150,000 lethal rockets out of the hands of Hezbollah, which is right across our border? Uh, No, we're going to have to deal with it eventually. And by the way, there's a very good chance that once Israel invades Gaza, puts its ground forces in Gaza, a week into the war when our forces are tired and low on ammo, that's when Hezbollah is going to strike. So the question is, who strikes the first blow? Should we strike preemptively and gain the advantage? Or should we accept that first blow from Hezbollah, which could be very, very devastating?
0: Is this all part of the grand scheme? Um, You you look at this, and and we're seeing documentation that the Hamas terrorists actually planned the brutality. They were actually coached in how to do it, what to do. Do you think that was planned to provoke a reaction from Israel, get Israel into an urban war in Gaza, and then attack from the north?
3: I don't know. I know there's a grand, there's a theory about a grand scheme of Iran, uh, I don't doubt the fundamentals of it, that Iran wanted to surround us, us surround us with these hundreds of thousands of rockets to keep us engaged in, in, in localized war over and over and over again, get our legitimacy challenged and eroded by the international community, because every time we defend ourselves, we get condemned. Um, and meanwhile, Iran advances its nuclear program. Meanwhile, Iran expands its sphere of influence throughout the Middle East, and it has through Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. And now in the southern tip of the Arabian Peninsula in Yemen, notice the Houthi rebels back by Iran fired a couple of missiles at us the other night, uh, blocked by the U.S. Navy. Thank you to the U.S. Navy. And, uh, yeah, that's the plot. I don't know if Hamas expected its attack to succeed as much as it had, but I don't think in massacring, mutilating, raping, burning, uh, beheading, dismembering uh, Jews, Hamas needed a lot of instructions. I really don't. That is way they raise their children from the early days. They have summer camps that teach their kids this stuff. It's no surprise at all.
0: Well, we stand with you, uh, and and we pray that you stand strong. This is... A time for all of us to be strong and courageous, the same instructions to Joshua. Let us be strong and courageous. Let's not be afraid. And certainly, let's not be dismayed. It's time for people of good faith to stand together, and we stand with you.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you very much to all of you.
0: All right. Be An- well, Ambassador Warren, thanks for joining with us.